Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.
What is up? This is the Belly Up Fantasy Live a football show. Of course, I'm joined by Chris Dauhauer. We are once again, um, just like last week, we're missing Justin. Um, he was an una- unavailable uh, this week. Uh, of course, I'm your host, Adam LaRue. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in on this championship week, uh, Tuesday night, of course, uh, going into some waivers. Um, you know, so if, if you've got your uh, squad in the championship and uh, given, you know, all the craziness happening this past couple of weeks, um, you know, some things could certainly get decided uh, tonight going into tomorrow morning. Uh, <clears throat> before we kick it off, there's two essentially two really big pieces of news in the NFL world right now. Um, one of them is, uh, of course, the Jeff death of John Madden at 85 years old this morning. Um, of course, you know having touched like every part of the game um, for a ton of years. Um, So that's uh, certainly saddening. And then also the COVID protocol getting tweaked a little bit, that getting shortened from the the 10 day quarantine quarantine period down to five. Of course, that's the big one that um, really changes things for a lot of fantasy teams. Um, So again, we're going to discuss the ramifications of that as far as some of the specific players are concerned in some of these games later on we hit the matchups um but chris do you have any teams kind of plan championship weekend i do have one first i want to just you know talk about john madden other than his video game which most people know especially his younger generation john madden was one hell of mm-hmm. a coach um one of the winningest coaches of all time while he was coaching and wrote some incredible books as well one of the books i read it was mm-hmm. uh one equals two feet uh, still something you got to keep in mind with, you know, especially with catches in today's football game. So one equals two feet is an excellent book. But John Madden was such a legendary guy, and I think somebody that was a game breaker, a game changer, not only on, you know, on the field um, coaching, but also off the field, as we know from Madden and everything else we've kind of experienced. And then the big way, I think, impacted the fantasy world in a lot of ways as well. That video game kind of brought you know a lot of people to the game of football that people probably wouldn't have been ordinarily interested in, and it kind of expanded into fantasy as well. Um, yeah, that's my absolutely. fantasy. Go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say, I mean, you touched on so many areas of the game from being a coach to the games to announcing to to writing and, and you know, all of these other things, um, you know, having his, his documentary, um, you know, a, just a ton of different a- aspects of football. So, again, you know, super sad. Yeah. Um, on a brighter note, I am in one of my championship leagues in one of my uh, one of my leagues. Um, is it was incredible. I think most people who've kind of made it to the championship week this week um, have experienced one hell of a of a season in a lot of ways. But also, just last couple of weeks, as you kind of pointed out, I know myself. I wasn't expected to win at all. I was projected to lose by about 40, 50 points going into this week, and somehow, some way, I still pulled it out. And a big part of that was a guy that we've kind of bitched and moaned about, but also has brought some life to us is Patrick Mahomes. Um, without Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes has one of his best games <laughs> he's had in a while, and um, <laughs> hey, hey, I kind of carried me to you know to promised land this week. Um, also got lucky the team I played against really didn't score a lot of points once again, so I had a lot of belly flops on his team, a lot of belly ups on mine. Yeah, I mean that that'll that'll certainly do it. Um, yeah, it is crazy that you know missing one of his best weapons, Mahomes has one of his best games of the season. I mean that's just another piece of this wacky season that we're kind of in the midst of right now. 
Um, but no, happy for you to make the championship. But definitely good luck in your title run. Um, so before we start getting into, um, as you mentioned, our, our belly flops, our belly ups and our belly flops, um, before we get into those for this week, I'm going to go ahead and get a word from our sponsor, Manscaped. It's the holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer. Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. So get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower Body Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, your butt, and your body, and the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Let's not forget the famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The dads can't stop talking about this, the teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much to Dan. That, that, that gentleman, that. our good friend Dan, that's who I'm actually matched up with in my championship in that league. Oh, is it really? Now. Yes, it is. <laughs> Ooh, so that's going to be uh, a spicy matchup for sure then. Um, a very cool. Um, so with that, again, we're going to hit into the belly ups and the belly flops. And um, our belly up player of the week this week is T Higgins, who um, I mean, I'm, in most scoring formats is the highest scoring non QB. So, I mean, that is what it is having, you know, and really was undervalued going into the season because of Jamar Chase. So, you know, certainly a heck of a value, especially in such an important week for anyone who had him. Absolutely. A guy we've been kind of beating the drum on talking about having, you know, receiver one usage the last few weeks or the last month or two, mm-hmm. uh, with his yeah. num- despite what his numbers were kind of showing and it kind of has that big breakout game we've been waiting for. Yeah. And couldn't have had it at a better time. I mean, such a, a great time for him. So, um, otherwise, do you want to go ahead and get started with your belly ups? Yeah, so I'm going to start with the belly up that I thought was going to probably be the guy this week, but didn't seem to be. But that's the guy throwing the ball to Mr. T. Higgins, and that was Mr. Joe Burrow, over 500 yards passing. Uh, lit up this Ravens secondary like you know, he was playing backyard football out there and just was having toss. He's playing 7-on-7, seven seven, basically. Jamar Chase had a great game. Lloyd had a good game. Uh, I mean, basically, this passing game was unstoppable versus the Ravens team. The only thing that kind of slowed it down was they actually tried to run the ball at some point because they were up so big. So I look at Cincinnati, just was super impressed with what they did. Joe Burrow was definitely a belly up. I mean, if you were you know, got to just kind of roll with him at despite his kind of ups, ebbs and flows of the season, you definitely hit big this week and probably carried you to victory because Joe Burrow went off. Yeah, and I mean, as far as the most impactful fantasy player, I would almost say it depends on your scoring because in standard it probably really was Burrow um, and not necessarily someone like uh, Higgins. Um, but nonetheless, definitely for almost everyone involved in this Bengals offense, it was just a lights out game 
uh, you know, Mixon has, you know, an argument for being a belly up and Higgins and, and, you know, a bunch of these guys. So certainly a great week for uh, Cincinnati there. <clears throat> but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make my first belly up. And this one pains me because it's someone that, well, has been a thorn, had been a thorn in my side for a couple weeks prior to this past one. That's Dak Prescott. Uh, finally kind of getting back on track uh, as the Cowboys absolutely thrashed uh, the Washington football team um, on, uh, what was that, Sunday night? Yes, it was. Yeah, Yeah, so (laughs) that was certainly a one-sided event. And and like, a lot like uh, Cincinnati, they kept the foot on the pedal um, all game long, uh, even after being up. Yeah, you you had uh, kind of rushed coming towards the very end of that game. I uh, kind of stole some snaps. They actually almost threw a touchdown pass himself real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet Dallas definitely was you know attacking through the air. Dak Prescott looked outstanding, despite you know all our another guy we've been bitching about for the last few weeks. Um, the guy yeah. kind of you've been you know, battling with whether they're not putting lineups this week. We kind of debated whether he was even playable this week, and he boy, you stuck with Dak Prescott. You were definitely pleasantly pleased. And you were happy to have those, you know, touchdown passes. Dak Prescott basically look like you were hoping for the entire season in this, this last game. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely going to make things really interesting for um, for guys with Prescott on their team in the fantasy championships kind of this week, um, you know, because he had a, a stellar game this past week and obviously had been really down um, prior. Um, so who's your next guy, Chris? Yeah, so I'm going to kind of look around the league, and I saw some guys that really impressed me. So I'm going to shout out Rex Burkhead. Um, this is a guy that I advise you over and over and over again not to have in your lineup. And if you went to, despite my advice, and you had him in your lineup, it paid off this past week. Um, I don't know what's wrong with the Chargers defense. I don't know if they think tackling is contagious. I am not really understanding why they're so horrid. Uh, but somehow a, a guy averaging about 2.7 yards per carry came out and basically dominated without his top receiver being obviously the top guy who's going to kind of get the ball. And the Chargers seem to be so, so surprised <laughs> that they couldn't stop Rex Burkhead. And Rex Burkhead was one of my belly ups this week as well. Yeah, I mean, he had a dominant performance, really. Uh, not exactly, a, <laughs> um, you know, not exactly something anyone would have expected. So, uh, Definitely shout outs to him. Um, my Which next I, up get, is one. Get a buck 40 out of Rex Burkhead was not was a p- part of the plans this week. No, not at all. We'll see Rex Burkhead get six six yards per carry on a, a pretty solid amount of volume at 31 years old. I would have, like, years ago, I would have never expected that. And I certainly wouldn't have expected it now on this Texans team. So, yeah, I mean, that's just uh, kind of incredible for him. Um, so my second belly up is going to go ahead and be Justin Jackson for the chargers stepping in, uh, at the running back position and you know, not missing much of a beat, you know, uh, was lost, um, in a game that I don't think we really expected them to lose, but, uh, for fantasy purposes, Justin Jackson was really viable. And he's one of those pickups that, um, you either had as a handcuff already, or you were able to pick up off the waiver wire, um, last week and, uh, Large, largely contributed to getting people to the next round. 
Yeah, I mean, it was like Austin Eckler was still out there. You got the you got production both in the passing and the rushing game. Guy was dual threat out there. Just Jackson was outstanding. Had everything you're kind of hoping for. You got you know the touchdown as well. I think this guy was somebody you were definitely pleased to have in your lineup. Definitely paid off in DFS leagues as well. Uh, Justin Jackson was a guy definitely I think was going to belly up this week. Mm-hmm. And he was probably the only player on that Chargers offense or even that probably the team in general that really seemed to play on Sunday where everybody else kind of forgot there was a game to win league still. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, he was an absolute mess out of the backfield. Um, so, so, yeah, good for him. Uh, do you have, have one more or do we want to switch over to – I do. I got another one. Um, uh, Damian Harris, uh, three touchdown rushing, rushing for the Patriots, returned yeah. off, you know, being the IR or out last week, I should say. Questionable coming in with the hamstring injury. Uh, we know Stevenson basically, despite really knowing the Buffalo Bills, wanted to stop, I mean, this team wanted to stop New England – uh, didn't stop him at all. And you saw Damian Harris go out there, had three touchdown rushes, was outstanding, uh, had over 100 yards. So belly up for Damian Harris. Yeah. Um, so I guess my final one there, it will go ahead and be Dalton Schultz. Um, so I kind of got the back earlier. Uh, Schultz had his reemerge. He started off the season really strong when the Cowboys passing offense was really strong and he's been a solid tight end most of the season and pretty much all season. However, these past two weeks, he's really, as you know, the offense has kind of taken a step forward. Uh, he has taken a massive step forward. He has, you know, he has 16 receptions over the past two games um, on 17 <laughs> targets, uh, two touchdowns, one per game over the last two. Uh, and especially in PPR, but even otherwise with the touchdown um, and getting solid yards from the time position, he's been really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Love what you got this weekend as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so with that, we can move on to belly flops. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and say this one, largely because there was a question about it on the Sunday show. Um about Big Ben versus Derek Carr. And both of them were the wrong answer. Um for the for the record, excuse me. But I will admit that I did pick the wrong one as Ben got six points. Eight. Um so that's about early for both of them, but uh, especially for Big Ben because um you know, I had picked him for his upside. He actually has the potential to get multi-touchdown games, which just hasn't seemed to happen for the Raiders um, really this season, um, at least for Carr specifically. Um, but he certainly did not have one against the Chiefs. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. 
Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. No, um, you know, this, you know, pending talk about Ben ending really soon and, you know, him being over in Pittsburgh or possibly retiring as well as in the season. Um, this isn't the way he wanted to go out, nor what you kind of expected to last week against the Chiefs. I think he definitely was the huge disappointment. Uh, ben probably should have been anybody who hadn't, you shouldn't have any lineup anyway. Derek Carr, I can, I can understand if you were really pressed for a player, stick in there or find. Um, hopefully you were not in a situation. I, mean, I understand we choose some two quarterback leagues. But man, he had to play either one of these guys. I felt bad for, especially mm-hmm. Ben, because it was it was a struggle. You're absolutely right; he was terrible out there. And this this Pittsburgh offense, other than Najee Harris, couldn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's just it was not no it was not a good looking game um, for him at all, especially in the first half. That her first half was putrid of that game. Um, yeah, what, Ben Flew's family out there for Kansas City, and that's what they got to witness. That was probably oh, not cool. a flight they were really enjoying. Like, why send us back? Why'd we come? That's mean. Um, <laughs> so, so one of my belly flops is going to have to go with Tyree Kill. The guy, Patrick Mahomes, definitely still produced. You're expecting Tyree Kill, you know, last second get active. You're excited. No Travis Kelsey. What's this guy going to go out and do? Two catches, 19 yards. So it was not what you were expecting. Uh, you know, you were able to kind of survive and still be in championship week, championship right now. Congratulations. But Tyreek Hill pretty much tried to sabotage your situation. It was not something you expected from a guy who's been pretty consistent overall, despite the Chiefs offense kind of being all over the place. Tyreek Hill definitely disappointed last week. Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, I definitely think with, with uh, Kelsey being out, you would have expected a little bit more from him. Um, and with the offense having one of his better performances, so that was definitely a bit, uh, a bit on the weird side. Um, so my flop, but I'll, I'll also have this one inspired by one um, from the Sunday show. Uh, our guy Daniel had a question about uh, a couple guys. Uh, essentially, it was a, a sit two, I believe, and we ended up with Van Jefferson and Devontae Parker, who both had stinkers uh parker in a win doesn't get targeted on 70 percent of the snaps after an eight target game um certainly wouldn't have expected that and then van jefferson gets six targets catches one of them and on a night where stafford just couldn't hit anything um <laughs> luckily daniel had uh justin jackson uh adams and rogers so are, are we on to the next round i um, guessing with the the thank god that we are but um yeah, those two certain performances. Uh, who's your next guy, Chris? Uh, so my other belly flop's going to have to be um, there, uh, Henderson for the Rams. This is a guy that you kind of be, been expecting to kind of get back and be healthy. Came back from the COVID nineteen. Came back from his, you know from his injury hit earlier on. You expected that, you know, Michelle kind of established himself as somebody in the backfield to kind of contend with. Maybe we probably split some time moving forward. But Henderson kind of seemed to be the guy for most of the year for Sean McVay. And if you kind of rode this guy in your flex position or your RB2 this week, you definitely disappointed because he did not do anything. He got injured early on in the game. But he didn't get his first carry basically until the third or fourth quarter. So this guy was definitely disappointing. You have him in your lineups, and you're expecting to kind of get back on track with this guy in your lineup as somebody who might be an explosive playmaker versus the Vikings, he definitely underperformed for you and as long as your belly flops. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I guess my last guy will go ahead and be Stafford himself um, throwing the Van Jefferson uh, with the three-pick game. He certainly underperformed uh, this past week. Yeah, Stafford was terrible. I think that was a big part of the Van Jefferson disappointment. OBG kind of saved his day with a touchdown. Um, but overall, uh, Matthew Stafford was not supposed to play this terrible this week, and you were not expecting that. One guy who's been one of the better quarterbacks to have in your lineup, he was awful. I mean, he just missed, he missed throws. He just played ter- terribly. So I don't you know, think you can really talk around that. You're just definitely disappointed, and I think it's a great belly flop. Um, another guy I'll throw out there is James Robinson. This is the guy that we've been clamoring all season long for, you know, when Urban Meyer moved on, was this kind of guy finally going to be unleashed. Um, people have been excited about his opportunity. It kind of felt like he was back on track after his 75-game performance last week. Uh, coming into this week, I had him on DFS lineups. So I didn't have him in my fantasy teams, but a lot of people do. And he definitely was the guy that you were basically screwed by a week you know, by, after the first, second quarter when he got injured. And sadly for this guy, Belly flop for his, for his you know, offseason for the Jaguars in general. This guy's been kind of battling an injury. And we were talking about some guys who'd be shut down or, you know, considered to shut down, such as a DeAndre Swift. James Robinson shouldn't be out in the field with kind of the way he's been struggling. I know fantasy fans want him out there, but the way you kind of see how injured he's been in Jacksonville has nothing to play for. This guy just basically could have sabotaged the rest of his career in his last game that meant nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it should be definitely. Um, on to the backups for the rest of the season moving forward, the running back position for Jacksonville, which I'm sure is something that we will talk about when we head over to um, some of the roster moves. But before that, we're just going to hit on a key take for the week. So, Chris, do you have anything there? So I'm going to kind of hit a different way. I'm going to go through a key take for the season. Since this is our last season, okay. the show that we kind of go at the end of, and I'm just going to say, first of all, congratulations to anybody still alive in their championship. It's been, it might take this, has been the one hell of a crazy season, probably something that I've never experienced before in my entire life. I've played fantasy for more 20 years now, and I've never seen a year kind of unfold, particularly how the season's kind of progressed and, and kind of, you know, been all over the place for how, who does well, guys that are carrying you, guys coming out of nowhere to save kind of the day. Um, and just to kind of give you a microcosm of this past Sunday of kind of how, you know, just how crazy things have been. The Jags, Jaguars guard, uh, Will Richardson, and their ta- uh, backup tackle for the Jets, uh, Connor McGovern, both caught touchdown passes this past week in the same game for the first time in regular season since 1950s at least. They both outscored fantasy-wise Tyreek Hill. <laughs> um, uh, just, the, just the names from the busts we have on our list. The Henderson, as I spoke about, the Robinson. Guys that you kind of thought were going to be players who were going to take you to the next level or who carried you this far. And then you wound up watching two backup linemen score touchdowns this past week. That's the kind of year that we just basically experienced. We had two number one picks go for quarterbacks back-to-back, and neither one of these quarterbacks have been fellas fantasy relevant basically this entire season. I can't remember when that's ever happened. Um, I've usually some guy kind of shines by the end of the season, particularly if you've been in the first two top picks. Um, we watch receivers disappear from the fan, you know, basically off the fantasy planet. Uh, Robinson well, jumps to my mind every week. I kind of ended the show, you know, freed free Robinson, Alvin Robinson, um, because I've never seen a guy just basically be a, such a fantasy stalwart, despite the quarterback play. This guy had Blake Bortles, Chase Daniels, and this year gone. You don't even know who yeah. you, you don't basically can't even find them. 
Uh, we had weird situations like Calvin Ridley basically just disappeared from your fantasy team. He was already kind of underperforming, disappointing to start the season, carrying, you know, catching nine, 10 yard catches in this new Arthur Smith offense was not what you're expecting to kind of break out with Julio moved on and then basically went MIA for us this season. Um, so you just kind of go around the league and you kind of think of the things that happen One of the lowest scoring leagues kind of we've had in a long time. Um, quarterbacks basically were not the guys you usually can kind of bank on. We're not the guys to bank on this season. Um, the consistency was just all over the place. You're probably top first round running backs. Most of them this week, this year that you took other than Jonathan Taylor, basically all probably blew up or, you know, have stunk for periods of time for you. Um, so it's been really crazy of a season and we're ending it with two guys, like I said, having touchdowns off the offensive line. So that's my take is I wouldn't take too much out of this season. I would, I would get very excited if you made it this far. Congratulations. But on the flip side, there's nothing really to learn other than chicken get crazy. <laughs> um, that's all I can say <laughs> um, to go into the next year, because I really think that th- we hopefully should have more of a, a norm, hopefully, return. And I don't know what that looks like anymore because this kind of has been weird, the whole COVID <laughs> situation and everything like that. But just watching football in general and watching just guys that you know where in the world could you have guests coming to the season sit where they do right now um, and is at, you know, in the fantasy landscape has just been remarkable. Yeah, I, it has really been a wild season. I mean, to your point with Allen Robinson, uh, he's not really the only one. There's been like Robbie Anderson or, uh, you know, that crazy stretch that we had with Mahomes, who, who hopefully we're done with that. But um, certainly just like some guys who we would have been super, super high on coming into the season um, that either Cortland uh, Sutton underperformed on. for, yeah, yeah, <laughs> underperformed for really no reason or, you know, just <laughs> fell off the face of the earth. Um, yeah, so, such a weird season. Um, Davis Mills had Mike, one of his best games without his best receiver. Just sorry, but that's just to, just to point out how yeah. crazy it's been. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, there's been some wacky performances by backup quarterbacks. There's been uh, – it's been all over the place. Um, but my key take was going to go ahead and be um, you know, just it's essentially discussion on the, the, the COVID rule change um, going from – five days to or from 10 days rather to five um and what that means because essentially uh at least how i understand it anyone who definitely anyone who tested positive yesterday or earlier we should get back for next weekend uh i have no idea what's going to happen with the guys who tested today uh and then we're still probably going to have outs for anyone that tests negative um tomorrow or later but so I have no idea kind of which way we're flipping on today, but certainly anyone who was yesterday or before uh, should get back. Yeah. And I guess it can also change depending on whether or not a player's improving or not. So they're saying at first you needed to be Mm -hmm. asymptomatic in order to return and be able to test negative. Now that's no longer the case. Now you have to show improvement, which you're saying is very, you know, going to be real interesting interpretation of what that kind of looks like. Um, you know, if it's the guy improving and his symptoms are getting better, um, you know, what does that look like? How does that kind of affect people? So to your point, it's really going to kind of just throw a lot of monkey wrenches, particularly into this week of who's going to be eligible to play, who's not going to be eligible to play. Um, I, oh, I, I mean, Adam, to me, I don't know what you're taking out of it. I take it's even more chaos to add to this championship week because 
while yeah. I was kind of set on where to go waivers, and we're going to talk about that in the segment in a, se- in a second, um, it, it threw a complete wrench into what I was trying to target because I thought there was guys who I wanted to have with their neck for COVID, but now they might or may not play. How do you waste your roster spots picking up players or dropping players when they're not even sure if their guy's worth even adding? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, it's just so hard to tell um, with that sudden change, kind of what's going to happen. So, um yeah, I don't know, but it's certainly going to be pretty impactful for this uh, championship. I can championship week. I can tell you that. Um, but I mean, with that, it's a pretty good segue, so we can go straight into some roster moves. Uh, and you want to get a, get us kicked off there? Yeah. So one of the obvious guys that you should be adding this week, I think, is um, I'm just going to say his name is Dari O. Dari O, the Jacksonville running back, a uh, guy that I think you saw last week got their RB1 usage that we kind of want from James Robinson. They really don't have anybody else. They have claimed Ryan Armstead and brought him kind of back. Um, they have some other backup guys that, you know, they're going to throw out there. Bevel's got experience with this guy. He had him out in Detroit. Um, so he's the guy who's familiar with his system, familiar with how to kind of use him. So I think you're going to see him kind of be involved in pretty much the primary guy in that backfield this week. So is that someone that you would want to uh, maybe flex or, or I guess kind of how do you foresee using him for this championship week? For Dario, I think it's definitely a flex option. And in some situations, it might even be your RB2 this week. I don't know what everybody else has kind of been dealing with. I've been patching together my second running back this entire, like basically this entire year because I don't I have a Christian McCaffrey owner. Um, so I kind of, you know, had to kind of match up for the second half of the season. And these last two weeks, I've just been kind of throwing different guys out there as a second running back. So to me, if I have a Dario as an option, I'm going to throw him on the runner B2 if I have to. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool. Um, This is just – I'm going to throw this out there as a high upside dart throw because, I mean, let's face it, those bench options for you don't bring a lot of value. So I think that's kind of the move kind of in this this kind of final, final push. Marlon Mack would get ridiculous value if JT tested positive tomorrow. And given that every single offensive line member, Carson Wentz and Marlon Mack a couple days ago have all tested positive, he's been around it. Um, I would not at all be shocked if he tested uh, positive tomorrow or the next day or the next day. And obviously, I am, as a Colts fan, am hoping <laughs> that does not happen. But... Um, with Wentz being on the edge of that five days, he's at five days exactly. So he could go either way. Um, there could be a ridiculous amount of rushing volume against a pretty poor Raiders defense um, to be had. And again, that's just kind of a dart throw to me that's worth taking. Adam, I am so hopeful you're right because I made that dart through acquisition last week and I have Marlon Knight <laughs> sitting on my IR right now. Praying, 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 because as soon as I saw that Jonathan Taylor, the news from coming out of the Colts, I was like, ooh, I'm just going to add him just in case, because I, I was with you. I thought Jonathan Taylor could be exposed to it, and I was definitely trying to get prepared for that just in case. Yeah, so I, I'm just – if you're a <laughs> if you're a JT owner, then maybe go get your handcuff. Uh, and otherwise, I don't know. Just uh, see, see if, if there's something expendable, if there's a receiver that you know is going to be on your bench this week then why not make a move that, I mean, he would absolutely be a flexible player if um, JT was out. And then otherwise, no harm, no foul. You weren't going to play that guy anyways. Yeah, and just real quick, um, I'm in the ESPN league. So Marlon Mack still marked out from last week because he was not active. 
So you can actually add them to your IR if you have that available in your league, just so you know. Yeah, there um, you go. Another pickups, other pickups I think this week to kind of interest yourself is one's Boston Scott. We saw Miles Sanders get knocked out last week, and that guy was kind of a belly flop for a lot of people. Um, you know, Boston Scott kind of took over that role. The second half had 14 touches. You kind of see that he'll kind of be the, the guy at least splitting care of Jordan Howard, who's also banged up himself. So if Jordan Howard's not able to go, you love Boston Scott in the smash spot. But even if he is, you have Boston Scott kind of being that tandem role that kind of provides what Miles Sanders has this entire season, at least a flex option possibly for you to kind of add. Um, and then the quarterback position is looking at the running guys, like Trey Lance, who will be starting for San Francisco this week. You love the matchup versus Houston, despite, you know, Justin Herbert kind of dud he had. Um, and then you also like Taysom Hill returning this week if he's able to get back from New Orleans. Kind of people have kind of forgot about him. Maybe people dropped him off their rosters, kind of making moves this past week. If he's out there, he's a guy you can probably add to your waivers and have a good quarterback option. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, that's certainly a <laughs> a good pickup there. Boston Scott's been a good pickup a couple of times, to be honest with you. Um, of course, this is just a, a really good um, – Good time frame, good situation to have him in. Um, my next guy is going to be Keyshawn Vaughn, who is not a name that I expected to be talking about at all in 2021, but here we are. Um, he had him uh, on limited volume um, behind Rojo. He had a really good game uh, this past week. He went seven for 70 yards. Granted, one of those was a, what, 55-yarder, so really he was six for 15 on the rest of them, but Rojo wasn't very efficient either. Um, passes one touchdown so one we know that the team is very willing to bench rojo we've been through that um so i i, I don't know i just wouldn't really be that shocked if something like that happened yeah i think he shot vaughn's opportunity you love what you kind of saw this past week that you talked about he was definitely explosive out there he ran 12 routes compared to only four for rojo uh Le'Veon bell's acquisition didn't really seem to dent him any Le'Veon only played three pass plays um most used to, mostly used for pass protection i think that's going to really change as long as Keyshawn Vaughn doesn't kind of screw up out there but that is a concern i think you have in general with this backfield as you kind of point out rojo can easily get in the doghouse but so can Keyshawn Vaughn. So I think that's where you kind of have a little bit of concern going into your final championship week. But you also love the matchup opportunity versus Jets where pretty much everybody can run. So it could be really kind of a tempting play to do, but I think it's something that you have to kind of really really consider and you afford to do that in your flex option maybe because Keyshawn Vaughn might also put a dud out there for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just, you know, depending on the situation that you uh, go ahead and find yourself in. Um. All right. Uh, do you have anyone else? Well, just along the lines of, you know, depending on how the COVID stuff kind of unfolds with these rule changes and who's kind of supposed to be out but not going to be out, keep your eye on, uh, you know, Josh Palmer's guy who seemed to be have a good, decent game last week, should have been involved this week coming into this week because Mike Williams expected to be out. Now, I don't know if Mike Williams is going to be able to return now with the change in the rules, um, but if he's not able to return, I think Palmer's a guy that you can add and, and feel to play with some confidence this week. And then you also have um, – Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? 
Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. McKenzie for the Buffalo. Cole Beasley was a guy who's you know a non-vaxxer. This rule change is a huge um, you know upgrade for him because it's something that he hasn't shown any symptoms for. So he might be able to get back from this five game, uh, you know, change the rule, five day change of rules thing. Um, so as a result, McKenzie's a guy that you know, you really like what you saw last week. You love the opportunity versus Atlanta. You're just not really sure if he's going to be the guy where Cole Beasley is going to kind of return and steal his thunder. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's certainly one that uh, he did have a, a great game against the Patriots. It's just really concerning with this rule that, you know, some of the guys ahead of him could get back in time. Um, yeah, so that's definitely one to, I guess, keep an eye on throughout the week, um, you know, kind of moving forward. Um, all right. So unless you have anyone else, we can kind of start hitting some of these matchups. Anything? No, I think I try to give you guys all the guys I could think of. I mean, there's some other <laughs> players that maybe you want to try to grab, but I think there's a lot of guys, you know, aren't worth really risking your championship right now, unless there's somebody who really feels an upgrade to what you have on your roster. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I guess with that, then we'll move into our first game of the show, uh, matchup-wise, which is on Sunday. Rams at Ravens should actually be a pretty entertaining game. Um, and it, an interesting question here is, how do you rate Stafford? Because he's coming off of one of his worst performances of the season, of course. Burrow put together one of the best performances of the season by any quarterback, if not the best performance of the season by any quarterback against this Ravens D just, um, you know, this past weekend. So you've got kind of this, uh, you know, double-edged sword of, of this is a defense that they could take advantage of. And Stafford has been pretty good overall this season, but he is coming off his worst performance. Yeah, you're definitely not excited after what Stafford just put it versus his future Vikings defense, so you're kind of nervous. But I think after watching what Joe Burrow just did to this Ravens team and then watching Avert also be hurt, so down another another corner for Baltimore, I, I think you just have to be kind of very excited. Um, I, I think that right now Matthew Stafford kind of – it's on him whether he throws you know crappy passes or not because it just seems to not be the matchup. It just seems to be Matthew Stafford whether he's hitting passes he usually hits or not. But I think mm-hmm. you want to have him on your lineup this week. You're really hopeful that, you know, somehow, some way, because this matchup is so nice on paper that he's able to be out there and kind of on his game and being that kind of an elite option um, for you this week. Because I think Joe Burrow gives you a lot of hope. And don't forget, Cincinnati plays one of the slower paces, and so do the Ravens. And this guy's still almost challenged passing records last week. So it could get exciting for Matthew Stafford this week. 
All right, and then with that, um, are are you just going ahead and starting everyone? Is you know, is this a uh, Van Jefferson's had two dud weeks, but are we are we going back to him? Are we going with um, Odell? Um, you know, obviously Cup um, is Higby viable? Uh, you know, who who's viable for this Rams team? I don't know if I can feel like I, I feel confident in everybody. Um, you know, we saw all the receivers kind of eat for Cincinnati, and we see that kind of be a struggle to happen for the most part. So I look at kind of, you know, this Rams offense. If this game was in L.A., I think all I'd play all three receivers. Being it's in Baltimore, mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure what the weather's going to be kind of be like. I think Stafford plays a little bit different than he used to outside um, and kind of struggles a bit more. So I think I'm only confident in adding one of those receivers. Now, who is going to be? Whether it's going to be OBJ or Van Jefferson, you guys tell me because I think that's <laughs> I think that's usually the key week in, week out. Um, I do think you can play OBJ with some confidence this week. I think Van Jefferson is an option if you really look at your lineup and you have a flex or a receiver three and you're looking at some of these other guys we kind of mentioned about adding. Um, you know, you, you have, you're looking at a Palmer or McKenzie, and if the guys are coming back and you can't add these guys, I'd leave them in your lineup and go with Van Jefferson. I know he's kind of been – you know, struggle for the last two weeks, but you have a, you can't have a better matchup on paper than this week. Yeah, uh, that's certainly going to be an interesting decision to have, especially championship week. Um, so, yeah, good luck with with making those calls. Um, well, how, how do we feel about well, whoever plays quarterback for the Ravens? Um, that's been kind of uh, uh, three different guys the last three weeks, and um, more or less the success, pretty much whoever's been out there. So d- does that matter? Are you pretty much just locked into a, a solid 20 points or so? Yeah, I think oddly you're probably most nervous about Lamar returning because he's been out for two weeks and you're not really sure what you're going to get back and how healthy he is and is he going to run. Um, these other two guys, because they've been willing to run and kind of run these offense as well, Mark Andrews has been an absolute monster out there. They've kind of kept the offense going, and they've been definitely serviceable guys you can have. Um, Hudley and Johnson both finished in the top ten at quarterback the last two weeks. So these are guys definitely somebody you can have in your lineup and wonderful options if they are to start either one of those guys this week. And I think Lamar, like I said, is kind of the key guy that you're kind of most worried about. But for me, I think Lamar is somebody I would still play out there because I'm not really sure you have a better option um, if he you know, returns this week. Yeah, 100%. Um, would have to agree. I, I think you're probably playing any Ravens quarterback. But it is weird that you're probably most concerned about um, Lamar. Um, Chiefs at Bengals. Hi, how do we feel about uh, Tyreek this week? I mean, we talked about it earlier. Uh, certainly with Kelsey out, would have expected a lot more. Um, I mean, I think we probably just have to play your stud at this point, but nonetheless, the question needs to be asked, is he someone that, that is a, a must start regardless of, of matchup uh, in a game against a team to your point from a couple of minutes ago that will certainly try to slow down the clock. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting call. You wouldn't expect that with Tyree Kelly after last week, especially like I said, without Kelsey. Um, I agree with you. I think this is a guy that you kind of leave in your lineup. No matter what, I'm a big proponent of, you know, you know what's going to happen. A lot of people kind of pushed me into play Amari Cooper this past week, for example. I stuck with him because this guy, you know, I just had my lap week in, week out, and I kind of expected that at some point I get what I deserve versus checking another chance on somebody on the waiver wire. And it paid off this past week. It may or may not pay off for you. But if I'm going to pay, if I'm going to play him, one of the guys I might pair 
a hill if I have him at receiver. It's maybe that's when I play a Van Jefferson because I need somebody else to kind of carry that upside just in case Tyreek Hill doesn't show up for me. And that's kind of the things that I look when I play my layouts with some of these guys, whether you know you go with that home run option or not. Do you have somebody you're kind of worried about? Where Tyreek Hill is usually a guy you're just like, you know, I'm guaranteed to get points. If you're a little bit worried about this, then maybe you can take a guy that had more upside and not worry about the floor as much. Yeah, so you essentially, if you're going to take one upside risk, you're just going to go all in. <laughs> I don't think Tyreek's, I mean, yeah, because if Tyreek could carry either one, he could also go off and just carry you for if, you, if you're wrong on Van Jefferson yep. as well. <laughs> Abs- absolutely, absolutely. Um yeah, and then on the flip side, what should we accept, expect from this Bengals offense? Um, I mean, I'm, we can't expect last week, but I mean, we can certainly have high hopes, right? Uh, at least higher than maybe some of these um, other weeks um, you know, recently with them where it's been, you know, one of the receivers is viable and Mixon's off and, and kind of those things. Um, so I guess where can you really place these guys? Uh, it, can Higgins and Chase and Mixon all coexist at the same time? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting question. You got one of the odder things with this weird season we talked about earlier. The Chiefs' defense is really good, and therefore you have a matchup for Cincinnati worth of really good defense. And then add to the point that you talked about, you know, a team doesn't play with a lot of pace and a wildly inconsistent offense this year. I mean, everything kind of hit its note last week versus the Ravens, and they whooped up on the Ravens a couple weeks ago. Um, But in between those Raven whoops, whoopings, there was a lot of poor play, especially if this offense, a lot of clunky play. Jamar Chase kind of fell off for a period of time there. T. Higgins was kind of off and on. And Joe Burrow definitely wasn't performing as a true you know, QB1 for you. So I don't know if necessarily last week kind of cures all those woes. I'm still in the big Boyd fan this week. I think there's going to only be two mouths you can really trust in this offense. I do think you play Jamar Chase because he's basically one of those guys who can win a game for you. Um, T. Higgins, I also think you have to play out there because – you love his red zone, you know, usage no matter what. Even if he's got kind of used in the big, you know, have the big game like he had last week, he's still using one of the number one targets in the red zone for this offense. And then Joe Mixon, of course, you know, Kansas City has been in lights out versus running back position anyway, so Joe Mixon's definitely a must play. Joe Burrow is a key one to me. Um, I I know everybody's going to want to play Joe Burrow this week. Just just going off this year, and I'm probably going to wind up looking like an idiot next week. But just going off how this year's kind of gone unfolded. I would be very cautious to play Joe Burrow just because Cincinnati has not had back-to-back good games yet this season, particularly offensively, and had, nor have they done what you expect them to do offensively in back-to-back games this season yet either. Yeah, so <laughs> it feels like a situation where there's just a lot of question marks, but, uh, you yeah, know, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Um I guess moving on to to our next game, Cardinals at Cowboys. What do we do with the Cardinals? Um, this past week, Kyler looked good, but then, I mean, it just, I don't know. It felt like everything around him really wasn't, um, I mean, as far as his offensive weapons are concerned, uh, it really felt like uh, – uh, Wesley and you know his production out of, out of the backfield at running back were the two best things going for him. It wasn't AJ Green or or Kirk or you know really any of those other guys. It was it was you know those two. Yeah, I mean the best player looked like was Chase Edmonds for this offense to have in your yeah. lap last week, and that's kind of nerve wracking to a degree. Not because Chase Edmonds isn't good, 
but because you don't know how James Conner is going to kind of affect his usage, will James Conner kind of vulture those touches back this, this week? You know, will they commit to the running game as well and using Chase Evans? Because we've seen previous weeks where you know Chase Evans, the first game back, had like I think four or six or four six touches. Um, so you don't know how Arizona kind of will utilize the running game from week to week. And then, oh, yeah, add the fact that Kyler Murray's been all over the place over the last few weeks. So I think when you look at this offense, you're probably playing Kyler um, because, you, you know, I'm not sure what better options you have and you like the matchup as well. And then I'm really cautious about everybody else. I think Christian Kirk's probably the guy you want to play at receiver. But as I kind of pointed out last week, every time you think you figured out Arizona's receivers, you're wrong. And <laughs> um, I don't know if you can necessarily bank on Christian Kirk this week. And I think Chase Edmonds is a good play in flex, a flex option. I think in full point PPRs, he's a good guy to probably have your lineup. But in your standard leagues, it's going to be really interesting if Connor's healthy and plays, or you know, healthy enough to play, I should say. Um, you know, do you really have confidence to play him? What do you think? Uh, Connor? Yeah, yeah, between Connor and Edmonds. Yeah, I mean, that would definitely, especially in standard, like you were saying, be a really difficult, uh, difficult one to place. Uh, especially with, you know, Connor coming back. Um, I don't know. I, I think with confidence, you could probably play both um, just because it, it's really hard to me to take Edmonds off the field because he genuinely might be their best receiver right now. Um, and, and Connor, of course, is just going to be that dude in the red zone. Um, he doesn't really need a ton of volume. Uh, I mean, we, you know, we obviously remember when Edmonds was out that he was just this, this fantasy monster, but really just because of the touchdowns, he had been pretty fantasy viable for a while before that on his, you know, 10 to 13 touches um, largely again um, in the red zone. So uh, I, I think that there probably would both be viable, especially with, um, you know, Arizona kind of reeling, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, they're what, um, two and four the last six or seven weeks. Um, you know, it's certainly, you know, they, they really could use a spark here before the playoffs and, and you know, don't want to go in um, into the playoffs on on a sour note. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it's interesting because Dallas has been really good against the running back position this season overall. Mm-hmm. And they're going to might be a touch ma- tough matchup for Arizona, who, as you pointed out, has been struggling. But their offense has really been struggling in, in the last three games. They haven't scored. You know, this offense has been you know such a fine oiled machine. Even with McCoy was scoring thirty points, this game's really this team is really struggling just to move the ball in general, much less score touchdowns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, this is a game that absolutely could end up being a pretty sneaky under. So as far as the fantasy purposes go. Um, I mean, I'll just say that uh, it, it's kind of hard to predict, but if I'm going to bank on anyone uh, to get a touchdown really in the NFL, uh, it, it's, it's James Conner. I mean, <laughs> uh, so that, I guess that's just kind of where I'm going to leave it is that I don't necessarily think that he's going to be the guy that he's been the past few weeks, but he's at least as, I mean, to me, his floor is around a flex play. Um With that, on the other side of the field, uh, it's another offense that's been had been kind of also, you know, struggling, um, but has certainly turned it around or turned it around last week. So is last week's offense kind of the one that we would we should expect going forward or 
you know, are we, was that just kind of a, a flash and we're going to kind of go back to what it's been for the last you know month or six weeks or so pretty much since the Raiders game. Yeah. I don't know how he felt, Adam. I knew that, you know, this was, wasn't a good opponent that they were facing. So I'm not trying to get it twisted, but this team has been better superior to a lot of teams they played this year. And this is the game that I've been expecting this team to play most of the season. This is what I saw last year for the beginning of the season. And I know the games were higher scoring than the beginning of the season last year where the defense was putrid. So they were scoring like 40 every game. But this is kind of what I've been expecting to see. I expected to see Dash Prescott be able to be accurate and have easy reads. So the Dallas be able to kind of dominate the line of scrimmage and their defense to be opportunistic. And as a result, when they do all those things and come together, this offense should be able to score with anybody. Um, and I think that this past week, I I know it's Dallas, so I'm going to, you know, they're always kind of biting the ass at some point. But I think they did turn a corner. I think what I saw was a couple of things that really made me kind of excited for what the Dallas offense can be and then kind of remember what they should be doing. Number one, I saw Dak Prescott use his legs. That's something I haven't seen for most of this entire season. But also something that kind of brings in easy reads and easy, th- easy throws from our fall PO action. Um, I saw Zeke actually look like he can run more than, you know, two yards. He can run maybe seven or eight yards right now before he kind of has to slow down. Um, so, I, and I also saw all the receivers actually have a chance to kind of be involved throughout the game, especially early on in the game. So, when I saw all three of those things. I think this is what Dallas can do and should be doing, particularly if they're smart enough to do the last thing that I had to observe that made me really excited, and that was push the pace. This, taste, this team, when they go no huddle and they push the pace, they have more talent than you can match up with, and they can keep you off guard because you don't really know what's going to come at you. And it makes the game so much easier for Dak Prescott, particularly when you allow him to get in rhythm. One thing Dak Prescott is kind of reminds me of is a jump shooter, a guy who, when he's hot, he's hot. But, man, when he's cold, he misses it all. He misses everything. So I think this is a guy you try to get in that rhythm, and you try to get as much as you can out of him while you can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, after last week, you've kind of seen what this offense can do. Um, I'm not going to necessarily guarantee success, but I will definitely um, be willing to risk it for the championship week because they, you know, another performance like that can definitely be what puts you over um, the edge for your championship. Uh, Moving on to Vikings at Packers. Um, (laughs) This is is a good one. Uh, Minnesota has been... If one team is really going to signify this season, it probably has to be them. It's the, I mean, it's either them or Detroit, really, um, sticking in that NFC North. But, I mean, just uh, the weird, weird games they've been in, of course, last week, um, giving up 30 points despite the fact that Stafford threw one touchdown and three picks. Um, so, I don't know. This is – how do you feel about this matchup for the Packers' offense? Um, just because, I mean – it seems like even when this defense does well, they, they'd still give up a lot of points. Yeah, I think the Vikings is one the Vikings are one of the best defenses to play in fantasy because their offense is always going to score enough to kind of keep you moving the ball all on the other side, which you always like. But their defense just gives up yards after yards after yards and gives up points, as you kind of pointed out, even when you don't play well. So I think that's one of the things you get really excited about with this Vikings team. The Aaron Rodgers being absolutely basically on top of the world right now, throwing the ball. Devonta Adams got in getting back on his, you know, back into Devonta Adams things. Alan Lazar stepping up means we'll see what happens with MBS, whether the COVID protocols allow him to come back now or not. 
But their Green Bay offense passing in particular has started to really click. Their running game's kind of struggled lately, but versus the Vikings, the perfect elixir versus a team that's going to probably have to pay attention to try to stop Aaron Rodgers. I think you're going to see that everybody kind of have a chance for this Green Bay offense to eat versus Vikings defense. And that includes the backup running backs, A.J. Dillon, as well. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the U.K. for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yes, that was definitely going to be one that I, I, I was thinking about. So how, how do you feel um, about Dylan? Um, like where would, I guess, where would you place him amongst other running back options going into championship week? Um, is he like a flex play RB3 or, or, or are you a little higher on him? Yeah, I think AJ Dillon's a guy that I've been higher on. I know the speaker was really disappointed what you got out of him. And you've kind of seen Aaron Jones kind of getting back into that more of the feature 60-40 role as the guy. Um, and also has to do with game script. Aaron Jones is also more involved in the passing game because still. Having said all of that, I really like the matchup. It matches up wonderfully for Green Bay and A.J. Dillon. This is a Green Bay team that should be able to get up on the Vikings. Vikings are soft up front. You can't beat them being by out-physicaling them. And I also think this is a team that may have lost its will. They're going to basically have nothing really to play for, possibly be out of the playoff hunt. And Green Bay can really just you know, kind of add salt to the wound with A.J. Dillon, 245 pounds is kind of smashing you as your season kind of is unwinding. So to me, I'm taking that chance for sure because I think he's got a decent floor, but I also think he have a decent game overall where he could actually have some upside because I think they're going to get tired of tackling him. I think come that fourth quarter when they're down, the Vikings might just give up, especially defensively. I think you have a game that you can play both as running backs with some confidence. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, speaking of the running back position, um, you know, What's good? Do you think is going to kind of shake out with the Vikings side? Um, Madison was one that was definitely would have been in the conversation, um, but now with some of the changes, eh, could Cook make it back? Do you think uh, in time for this game? Or I, I don't know. I guess how how do you see this playing out? And would you be willing to um, give it an, another go? Essentially, another go at the carousel with Cook if he does make it back, given. You know, he's been so far this season essentially 50-50 on his first game back. You know, he had that that tear against the uh, against the Steelers, I believe. Um, and then early in the season, one of his first games back from his injury, um, you know, not, didn't do so hot. So uh, I don't know. How, would you trust Alvin Cook if he does make it back? And, and kind of where would you place that as far as a likelihood goes? Yeah, I don't know how likely it is. I'm, I'm still confused. So trying to understand, wrap my mind around what guys have what and what their symptoms need to be and who kind of gets out of, you know, will return, won't return. Um, I, I'll i make it for girl clear. I think Alexander Madison, if Dalvin Cook is out, is still a guy you play this week. I know last week was very, you know, frustrating and at least in a way to kind of say you only got 14 carries out of this guy. You really didn't out, you really out snap the backup. Um, and I think that was kind of concerning for people with Madison can be somebody who they had as an RB1, basically, as a replacement Dalvin Cook this entire season, and it really wasn't last week. I think you have to kind of you know, maybe temper expectations of him being that kind of guy again this week, but I think he's still a guy that you have in your lineup. I think if Dalvin Cook returns this week, I think Dalvin Cook's the guy to have in your lineup. 
I know that he kind of, you know, been hit or miss this, this year. Um, the first game, as you kind of pointed out, his return, he got re-injured and was back out. Second game of return, you and I are both kind of skeptical whether we played in that game when he came to that run for 200 yards on a Thursday night versus Pittsburgh. So for me, I, I look at Green Bay. The one thing that Green Bay's defense is really, really poor with is stopping the run. It's a thing that you can definitely exploit. You have big plays. I think you got to play Dalvin Cook and take that shot that maybe he just breaks one and not has a wonderful game for you and he's not going to get hurt and not going to have any injuries to worry about. He's back there and it's super fresh because, um, you know, COVID's not an injury. So I think depending on how it kind of, you know, stamina-wise, um, he could be mm-hmm. back out there and just dominate again. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, how, how the RB position shakes out certainly going to be interesting because I think the – I mean, the wide receiver position for both teams is is – Relatively set in stone. Um, but that brings us to Monday night. Um, Browns at Steelers. Um, these are always super fun games to watch just because, uh, I don't know, they always seem to get ground out. I mean, we'll see how this goes this season. Um, but I don't know. I feel like those AFC North matchups are always just, um, I don't know, man. They're, <laughs> they're a different breed, it feels like. Uh, but nonetheless... On the Cleveland side for fantasy purposes, outside of, you know, their defense and leagues where that's a thing or Chubb, is anything playable? Like, is there anything even, you know, maybe in deeper leagues or in certain situations that you would like? Or is it just a hands-off approach with this offense right now? I mean, I think it depends on how gutsy you feel. For me, I'm not that gutsy when it comes to this Cleveland offense. I love Pittsburgh as a matchup. This is definitely similar to the Vikings. This is a game that you definitely get points and points to be had for you somewhere. Having said that, I don't see a receiver I trust in this passing game. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is somebody people like to throw out there once in a while. He's got big playoff potential, but he really struggles to be consistent, and he can have basically no floor for you. Jarvis Landry, if he's healthy, I think he's probably got the safest floor for you to play. You just don't know what Jarvis Landry you're going to get you know, right now. Could it be that Jarvis Landry goes for over 100 yards like he did for the Patriots? Or is it Jarvis Landry got most of the season for the four catches for 33 yards? Um, and then I think that you look at, you know, Higgins was the, uh, the number one receiver last week, which was something kind of returned from last year. You saw Rashad Higgins coming kind of out of nowhere, kind of rebounded last week and have a good big, bigger game for this passing game, our uh, passing attack. And he's not somebody I trust. All the tight ends are all – whole season long have been basically kind of bullying eyes on each other and it's not changing anyway. So for me, the only guy I really want to play is Nick Chubb. And honestly, the only guy I might argue to play, or two other guys I might argue, I might argue to charge Arsland is a possibility if I have to play receiver. Maybe even Darius Johnson just because of the matchup, because Pittsburgh can, can give up 300 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Um, so I mean, it's the only guy <laughs> I think. <laughs> it's still maybe the only guy you can really think about. I don't know. How about you? Yeah, uh, I think I'm probably right there with you. I mean, it, it, again, this has been a tough team to watch. And while I think these, like I was alluding to, I think these games are fun to watch. It's certainly not for the um, offensive firepower. Um, so yeah, I, I think me personally, I would, aesthetically I would, pleasing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I would probably consider sitting this one out. Um, on the flip side. Uh, how do we feel about the receiver core for the Steelers? Um, you know, in potentially Ben's last home game, um, you know, again, how do we feel about these guys? Is it just Deontay for, for volume or can we get a little, 
um, more creative? Can we go with a Claypool? Can we play one of the tight ends? Um, or is this just a game where you're, you know, may, the only fantasy viable guys are going to be Chubb, Deontay, and Najee? Yeah, I think the narrative that you'd love to see, especially if we were to watch this game, is Big Ben's last home game of his career in Pittsburgh, goes out, gun, guns blazing, letting it fly over the field, you know, thinking of Duncan seven, seven, eight-yard passes everywhere, and the receivers get to light it up one last time, have a big game. How this game probably is going to unfold versus what we've seen and versus the matchups. But with what you said, Adam, there's three players to basically consider Everybody else, I would definitely be super cautious about. Cleveland's defense is a terrible matchup for Pittsburgh's offense. You got corners that are pretty good. You got a defensive line that can get pressure. And then you have a defense that can cause turnovers as well. And they're pretty good against the run. You look at Pittsburgh, they can't get holes for the running game. They don't pass protect well. And they're a naked dunk passing attack. So you put those things together, it could get ugly for Pittsburgh. I hope it doesn't. I hope Big Ben has one last hurrah, but I wouldn't bet my championship on it. On the flip side, though, I mean, this is the perfect matchup for Deontay Johnson to get, like, 13 receptions for 70 yards. Uh, <laughs> because there's no way that this this offensive line is holding for the Steelers is going to hold up for any more than, like, what? two and a half seconds like that's about it like I yeah I don't even know if that's an exaggeration I don't think that this is going to be a pretty one um but again that could work in Deontay's favor on those just those quick routes yeah I mean Deontay Johnson's been one of those guys even last week where he really struggled and played poorly still saved with the touchdown still had you know four or five catches so this guy has one of the better floors in in you know basically NFL right now so he's definitely got a guy you want to have in your lineup. And to your point, has some good upside, particularly in PPR, where he can get easily get 10 to 13 catches. And you're hoping maybe you get a little bit more than 70 yards, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could certainly break one, but I don't I don't foresee his um him getting a ton of air yards this week, is I guess all, <laughs> all I'll say. And not letting it fly, huh? No, uh, I don't know if he's going to have much of a chance, even if he really wanted to. Uh, well, that, that kind of covers up us as far as the matchups go, unless you have anything else that you really want to uh, bring up. Um, otherwise, we can kind of hit on some well, – well, there's two, two things I guess we want to hit up. There's a good question here from Daniel that I, I want to bring up because, I, I, again, I'd like it. Um, but first, we have our sneaky plays of the week. Chris, is there anything from you? Yeah, this pains me to say because I hate this guy, not just because I don't like him as a player, but because what he does to this organization and sabotages another player I like even more. Braxton Berrios is a guy you should have in your lineups probably this week versus Tampa Bay. Um, the Jets are going to have to throw the ball a lot. They kind of move the ball versus team. Braxton Berrios continues to be that slot receiver for this team. Um, a guy that you know returned a kick last week, so you got some points for that as well. Um, it, especially in PPR leagues. I mean, I don't like I don't the standard, but PPR leagues, Braxton Barrios is a guy that you definitely has an upside and sneaky potential to have in your lap this week. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's certainly a good one. Um, could also be an interesting one for 
Uh, Naheem Hines, especially if Ellinger's out there, just because I, I can't foresee um, much going down the field if Ellinger's out there. Good call. Um, yeah, I, oh, and then you have the built-in upside if, um, you know, again, again, God forbid, uh, JT wasn't able to make it out there. Um, but anyways, the other question I really wanted to get to before we head out of here is who was the MVP on, and we'll just blanket this for any of the fantasy teams you're in, one MVP of a, of a player that you had this season. Um, and and I, I guess value is just kind of whatever means to you. It doesn't necessarily be to be the guy that scored the most points for you, um, but I don't know, maybe the best value or, um, you know, or maybe came in at the biggest moments. That's a good question. Well, first of all, I'll tell you who I think the MVP for everybody who played fantasy this year. That should be Cooper Cup was probably the MVP fantasy wise. I think this year, um, for my teams, who is my fantasy MVP? I would probably have to go with Sony Michelle the last two weeks. Um, I was dead in the water running back position as I kind of talked about. I had Christian McCaffrey as my with my RB one. I have Edwards Hilaire and Daryl Williams and my other running back options, like, you know, kind of altering each other. So it's my flex option. And I've been projected to get creamed the last two weeks. The saving grace, both those weeks, was somehow, some way, so Michelle got playing time. Played like a true RB1 out there for me. Um, got mm-hmm. you over the 100 yards, got you the touchdown, and was able to kind of stabilize my lineup where everybody else was kind of having some of their stud running backs, quote unquote. Had some other poor performances the week before I played against. I had Najee Harris, who had you know one of his worst games he's had the entire season. So, so Michelle was an awesome opportunity for me to kind of get you know advantage this past week. So Michelle was matched up versus um, Melvin Gordon and Jonathan Taylor, who he actually outscored both of them guys combined. So that's I had to go see Michelle as my MVP probably for my team in particular. Yeah, um, I think for me, it'd have to be Justin Jefferson um, for just providing a week in, week out, almost guaranteed. Like I just didn't ever need to worry about that spot um, for I mean, pretty much the whole year. Like I was just at, at one spot where I was like, all right, like nothing's moving here. And, and he was an Iron Man. You know, I wasn't worried about injuries. Uh, I don't remember him ever being out for COVID. It was just I have this guy in my lineup nonstop. Uh, he, has, he was out for the bye week, you know. Um, so just having that consistency kind of allowing me to focus in other places was definitely a big part of, of being able to do, um, while I wasn't able to make it to championship weekend, to at least turn around a team that started one and four and make a, a push into the playoffs as a one seed. Yeah, one of my teams I didn't make a championship either, but it got me to the playoffs, and I want to shout him out because it seems to be awesome. Is Mark Andrews my only runner up? Because Mark Andrews was absolutely dominant for the last five six weeks now. Yeah, um, the team the team that I had Mark Andrews on was absolutely putrid, but it's a dynasty team. So Mark Andrews, I am excited to see you pop off because I will be benefiting from that next year, hopefully. <laughs> um. But with that, I mean, I guess we just kind of got some housekeeping to do before we we head out for uh, the rest of the the NFL season, essentially. Um, so, well, Chris, well, what were what's kind of 
the schedule for the Belly Up MDFF show is both this week and just kind of upcoming since, again, we're not going to get our weekly Tuesday reminder to go catch you in other places um, for a while now. Yeah, so MDs will continue to be going on throughout the playoffs. Um, our schedule is a little bit different this week due to New Year's Eve and also because there's no Thursday game as well. So on Wednesday, we'll be previewing the, the games, the 1 o'clock games on, for Sunday. Um, and then, I'm sorry, for Wednesday, we'll be yeah, previewing the early games for Sunday. And then Thursday, we'll be covering doing the DFS show and having Chaz Flaherty come in for the, the bets um, to kind of you know, go over our picks for the DFS night game tournament we play in and having Chaz Flaherty kind of give you some picks for the week. Um, and we're going to, like, so basically it's our Friday show is going to be on Thursday. It's kind of how it's switching up this week due to New Year's Eve. Cool. All right. I, I like it. I like it. And you, you said um, the schedule so schedule's going to go back to the normal schedule um, for the rest of the playoffs after that? Yeah. So once we kind of get away from the holidays, we'll go back to our regular schedule, weekly schedule. Um, you'll be having us basically, to, my, you know, Dan does his shows Tuesday, a Wednesday, Thursday, and we'll also be on Friday as well. So you'll have the other four nights of MDs again after the playoffs after this week. All right, cool. Um, thank you for going through that for us. Um, so this show, of course, will be out on hiatus with the fantasy season kind of unwinding here. We're going to you know, take a break for ourselves. Um, and that is essentially going to give us time to um, – well, to start hit, looking at some of the draft stuff, looking at some of the offseason stuff. Um, I know for me, I'm definitely behind on my my scouting and looking at some of these college guys. So that's <laughs> this Tuesday time slot will probably end up absorbed by that. Um, so again, um, we'll be on hiatus um, likely until March 15th. Maybe we'll we'll come back for something short um, whenever the coaching carousel is figured out. Um, but definitely uh, March 15th, um, because that'll be right before free agency. We'll have, you know, everything else kind of figured out um, by then. Again, that'll be kind of our free agency primer. Um, and after that, of course, we can kind of start looking into the draft, start talking about where guys have landed, um, you know, what some of the coaching changes will end up meaning um, and all of all of that other fun stuff. But again, this will be the last um, Tuesday show of the season for Belly Up Fantasy Live. Um, and this Sunday will be the last Sunday show. Yeah, so we're kind of wrapping up week 17, which most of you guys, if you're playing in an 18-week playoff fantasy league, get the hell out. This should be the last week yes. that you should be playing because it's just no, there's no point to it. And therefore, that's why we're ending our season this week. We kind of talked about but we'll be back with the free agency um, you know, March 16th, free agency kicks off. We'll be hitting back, we'll be back around March 15th, be able to kind of give you the preview. And as Adam kind of talked about, break down some of the coaching hires that have kind of occurred, look at some of the great landing spots where, you know, maybe in play or being talked about and see where some of these, especially these receivers, wind up landing out. Because this is going to be a, one of the bigger game changing free agency this year. Don't mm -hmm. forget the cap jumps considerably this year. So a lot of teams that kind of had to be stingy last year or kind of be careful last year are going to have a lot of money to spend. So you're going to see a lot of guys kind of moving around this soft season. It's going to get interesting real fast, real quick for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, thank you for watching and listening, not only today, but throughout um, the entire season um, for tuning in. We'll again be back in a couple months um, with some off season information and hopefully some really good uh, draft stuff. 
for you. So uh, take care for the next few months and we'll see you then. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.